Welcome to Brooklyn Breakdown. It's about our fifth or sixth episode now. This is playoff edition. Last few weeks we had had you with the end of the regular season coverage. Uh, when we're recording this, it's Wednesday, so games one and two are in the books. Your Brooklyn Nets have a 2-0 series lead over the Celtics. Same. One of the games looked a little more uh, convincing than the other, but overall, 2-0, you can't ask for anything better than that. Um, it's Anthony speaking like usual. We have Love in the house. We have Joe coming on again. Cody's yeah. getting a second straight DNP. Hopefully get him <laughs> off the uh, injury list for next uh, podcast, but he's still going through a suspension uh process hopefully it's the count back but in the meantime follow his new account and yeah we'll lead it right into the beginning of the series joe you want to give us a recap of game one of the nets and celtics on from saturday yeah so game one was not pretty we all know that that was uh we started off very slow defensively shot one for 13 from three in the first half uh the ball movement in that game was just awful a lot of iso ball a lot of hero ball uh by halftime KD had 16 points, but it was on like it was like 30 something percent shooting. That yeah. was like the, and then we at halftime, like I said, one for 13 from three, and then eight turnovers. And then, so we end. They ended up coming coming out shooting better in the third and throughout the second half. Uh, final score was 104 to 93 Nets. Kevin Durant finished with 32 points and 12 rebounds on 10 for 25 from the field. So even though even though he picked it up a little bit, it was still uh, not not too great of a shooting performance for him. Did that game James finish one hundred four ninety three? They scored ninety three points. 100, yeah, one hundred four ninety three. Oh, it, it did not feel like Boston ended up scoring that many points, honestly, to me. Well, nobody but, really scored that yeah, much. No, but. <laughs> so then James Harden finished that game with uh, twenty one nine and eight, and then Kyrie had twenty nine points on eleven for twenty. Jason Tatum tried to will his way through the through the game for the Celtics. He had 22 points, but he ended up uh, six of 20 from the field, and he shot 0 of six from the field in the second half. So that that was another big factor cutting cutting down Jason Tatum in the second half. Um, thoughts on game one before I go into game two? Oh uh, yeah, so um, I was actually at the game. I pulled up for game one on Saturday. Uh, I met Andrew Yang before the game. That was pretty dope. He was outside. Awesome. Uh, trying to see pictures of Nets fans. So that was cool <laughs> to meet him. Um, going the atmosphere was crazy. Like uh, um, going to Nets games in the past. Obviously this year, like there was no not a lot of fans, so there was no atmosphere. But like in years past, like even in eighteen nineteen, like the team was good. But like you, could, you it was kind of missing like that fan base factor and ever since they come to Brooklyn I felt like it was kind of missing that in a little sense but it was like the first time I went to a game and I felt like a true like fan base like rallying together like obviously when teams are better you see more of that but the energy in the building was great the first half like you said was so lackadaisical I was getting like so pissed off I was like there at the first half I'm like what is going on what is going on like yeah. but in the back of my head I was like the Celtics are shooting the best they possibly can right now and we're only down six going into the half so I'll take it yeah. we're not going to shoot over 12 for an uh, entire half, like progression to the mean is obviously going to happen for both sides. So once Tatum cooled off a little bit, we I think he had zero field goals in the second half, and then, then the big three went on a big third quarter run. And it got close again in the fourth, but the story of the game was the big three. They had 87, right, of like the total 87 points combined? Or 82. 82. 82. 82. That's insane. Like that was that, what's that, like 80% of what they had? They had 103, yeah. And that, we had 104, yeah. So it's like, it's crazy, though, because it's like nobody really shot great. And it's like they still put up 82 points as a trio. Yes. Yeah. 
Yeah, it was more like a feeling out game. It was a lot of iso ball, which I didn't like at first. It was kind of like step back through to step back three. It wasn't a lot of passing. And I felt like when the big three has played together this season, they really didn't do that. Because I feel like ever since Harding came along, he kind of just like, when he's out there with Durant and Irving, like he's like, he just made it like known that he was going to be the guy that like got their guys the looks. And I felt like there was just too much, like not selfish, I would say, but just like hero ball. And I felt like in the second half, it, they kind of fixed it a little bit. But yeah, I thought overall, if that's going to be our worst game of the playoffs and we still win by 11, I'll take it, honestly. Because Boston shot the lights out that game and they still could even even touch us in the second half. So yeah, yeah. that's my takeaway. Yeah, I think if there's any game that Boston really, personally, if there's any game that they were going to win this series, it was that one right there. Um, we're not going to be that off shooting <laughs> ever again in this series, at least. Um Probably not in any game in the playoffs. Like that was just a terrible night, offensively for us for one of one of the greatest offensive teams of all time. Honestly, um, there's no reason why we should have been that bad offensively, um, especially against a depleted Boston Celtics team. So honestly, we came away with a dub in that first game, but I was still kind of like feeling. I was like, man, I'm really <laughs> like I wasn't worried or anything, but I was like, man, that game just felt kind of disappointing it was like we've been waiting for months to see this the big three in the playoffs and i just wanted to see us blow boston the fuck out <laughs> like just yeah. do it for Kyrie, and then um we only ended up putting up like 104 but um yeah i mean we got the dub um then we went on to a game two and took care of business uh if you guys want to talk about that <laughs> but um so so game two, when heading into game two, what were you guys thinking? Do you think we were going to start slow again, or did you just expect us to punch them right in the mouth? Like we I did? expected that, to be honest. I was expecting us just to come out shooting the lights out of the ball. Like, it might just be the spoiled Nets side of me, but I was yeah. like, they're going to want to come out and put like a, a notice to the league. I felt like after the Bucks had their crazy game two, I felt like the Nets, like, I'm not sure if they actually saw it, but I felt like it was like kind of like a motivating factor. <laughs> like, hey, yeah. they're going to start like that. We got it too, too. So I felt like that was a great uh, bounce back. I, I was kind of expecting it, yeah. I don't know about um, me personally expecting like them to come out the gate strong. Um, I did have a feeling that they were going to come out and just blow out Boston for that game. But I think we're going to mm-hmm. blow out Boston every time we come in to play them, honestly, in this series. Um, that's just my bias in me. Um, I'm just going to come into every game against Boston expecting a blowout, um, at whether we're at Barclays or at TD Garden. But... Um, yeah, game two was electric. Um, I really. It, well, you went to okay, I'll game one, right? Recap if you want. Anthony, you went to What's game that? one? You said you went to game one, right? Oh, what about game one? You went to game one, right? Oh, yeah, game one was electric. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. The... Game one. I wish I could have gone to game two. I, I almost ended up going, um, but plans fell through at the last second. And. Uh, yeah, but you can go through and recap it for us, Joe. So game two, I would be remiss if I didn't start off by talking about the big first quarter yeah. from Joe Harris. Joe Harris went absolutely nuts in the first quarter, going on an 11-0 run by himself. <laughs> for some reason, every transition opportunity, he was left wide of the hell. And he kept making them pay. Um, <laughs> He scored... 14 points in the first six minutes of the game. Mm. He, was ta- he was then taken out with James Harden. And then James Harden came out, which I thought was interesting because normally James Harden stays in at, at like around the six-minute mark to run the offense. But 
Steve Nash went with KD and Kyrie in game two to run the offense in the second unit. I, th- I, I mean, just thought that was a little bit interesting. It's not that was really, like one of the first times we've seen that. I don't think of it as like KD and Kyrie were running the second unit really because they were still those two guys were out there and Blake Griffin was still out there. So it's no, 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 kind of no. just, what, I don't know. Yeah, what I was saying was like normally that's what James, like normally KD and Kyrie come out of and then James Harden is the one that stays and just orchestrates the entire second unit. That's it was like I think that was just like a small adjustment made by Nash, thinking just keep the two stars out to keep the foot on the gas rather than like resting them and expecting Harden to get into a rhythm when he might not be feeling it yet. But so and then Joe Harris checked back in with thirty seven seconds left in the first. And the pop that that man got from the crowd <laughs> was phenomenal. They erupted. It was great. Um, so basically a lot better than game one. By halftime, the Nets shot 11 for 21 from three. Considering they shot one for 13 from three the game before at half. Uh, they were also over 50% from the field, shooting 26 of 50. And then, so yeah, 52% from the field. Joe Harris had 22 by half and then. The rest of it was just like twelve, like twelve from KD, eight from Kyrie. Um, the Nets finished uh, final score one hundred and thirty to one hundred eight. Big blowout win in Game Two. Uh, Joe Harris finished with twenty five on seven of ten from three, tying the Nets' playoff record for threes in a game. KD had twenty six points, eight rebounds, five assists, eight of twelve from the field, and James Harden had twenty points and seven assists, including a big four point play. That was that play, that play blew the roof off the place. Yeah. So Jason Tatum also left this game in the middle. He got hit in the face on a on a defensive play and Kevin Durant didn't return. So that I think I mean, he would have came all, back in if it wasn't like a yeah. thirty point. I think he mind. definitely would have yeah, came yeah, back I think in. So too. But there was no reason to yeah, bring that, him back in at that that's point. That's what I'm saying. I don't I don't think he's it actually affected him that much. He was just it's already a thirty point game, might as well rest him. You think the same thing was true for Jeff Green because he left the game too, and they never like yeah. said he was out. Oh, no, they did say he was out for the rest of the game. So like, you think they're just being precaution, like taking precaution? Yeah. I think Jeff Green's is probably a little bit more, um, like more to worry about than Jason Tatum's injury. I think Tatum, without a doubt, is going to be back in the lineup for the next game. Um, I'm yeah. pretty sure Jeff Green will be too, but like yeah. 90% sure. But I wouldn't just like automatically lock it in, like at this point. Yeah. Especially with a two-hour series lead, why do you think we keep getting the two days off? I feel like a lot of the team, a lot of the series are getting like one day in between. Like both of these games, we have the two-day uh, breaks, like in, in the same city. I was just curious, like why? Because I think ABC wanted like wanted like bigger games, I guess. So they wanted the bigger, the biggest like attraction to a game. Yeah, so, I, I think know. it's based on games, season, we, isn't it? Like, we were on we were on AB. No, wait, we were on TNT for game two, right? Yeah. Friday, I know game, Friday to Sunday, ABC? between games three and four, we have one day, actually. So maybe they just alternate who gets the one days, because I don't think they want, like to run more than three games in a weekday. Yeah. Like, that, yeah that, I mean, they that's been the match. They've done three the last two days. Yeah. So um, I want to do some takeaways. I think for me, for game two, the, like, the ball movement was definitely much, like, like enormously better. Like, it was, like, very glaring how the team, like, was willing to just, like, be unselfish. There were, like, stretches where, like, Kyrie didn't touch the ball for, like, five minutes, and they were trying to feed. I felt like they were force-feeding Blake a lot, which I liked, to get him going. He only had one point in game one. He had a lot of, he caught a lot of bodies yeah. in that game. 
That was I sweet. don't like Levin. I said that was sweet. Did you guys both like rise out of your chair like when play? Like I was like, oh, yeah, ah, let's go <laughs> every time 100%. he was dunking. Oh my gosh. I love it. The city. I saw a tweet like the city of Detroit should like literally sue Blake Griffin. Dude, they should. It's literally like a misdemeanor. At least it's got to be you a class A misdemeanor. The, you guys seen the video? of The dude, like the the dudes that do the dunks with like the trampolines at halftime. They're saying that's Blake Griffin ever since he came to. <laughs> oh yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah uh, the bowling was great. I loved it. Um, everybody's unselfish. Durant got his looks. Kyrie got his looks. Everybody had, like their own little stretch and like they were just kind of like getting rid of the ball like, as much as they can. And the most telling thing to me was that Nash kind of, like, showed his hand where his trust tree is. Because as the game got more and more out of hands, he, like, went to, like, the next level of his reserves. And it was kind of, like, he, like, literally won an order of, I felt like, like, how we think the rotation is going to shake out. So, like, obviously, we know the starting five has been, like, the big three plus Joe and Blake. And the first guys off the bench are Clax and Bruce. And Shamit's kind of like like in that group too, but like maybe a smidge below because he comes in a little later and gets a little less time. Yeah. Then like that's like the, the close game guys, and it was like a next level of like Tyler came in, then it was Mike James, then it was the, 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 then the TLC Reggie Perry. Um, who else came in, in the game? TLC Reggie Perry, and there was one other person. I, I think. Um, yeah, well, you forgot. You forgot. I was that. I was that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, Alizé came in a lot later than I was expecting him to, honestly. Mm-hmm. That kind of I was surprised getting nervous. Me. I saw the twenty. I was like, "Is it like a little too early to bring these guys in?" <laughs> nah, nah, nah. I think we were good. But... Until yeah. until uh, Riff Raff Tyler Johnson carried us. <laughs> Riff Raff. Riff Raff TJ. <laughs> yeah, so that, that was a lot of like interesting. That was interesting. I felt like he literally went in order, like how he like probably trusts his guys. Yeah. And shows up was a healthy scratch. So I guess he shows. That shows he's like the least his least favorite. I don't even think it's <laughs> that. I think. Chioza, in my opinion, probably isn't a hundred percent healthy yet, but like he's active, like for like in case of emergency reasons, he can play. But it's very much so preferred that he doesn't play. If you get what I'm saying, like yeah. there's no reason to not have him active if he can run up and down the basketball court. Well, don't but, we need two inactives though? So I think it's him and Spencer. I think that's what it is too. Well, now yeah, there's only one inactive. Well, DJ. But. DJ's probably inactive also. Oh, I forgot. Cool. DJ didn't come in. Well, DJ, <laughs> yeah, DJ's active. That, that but... I was surprised about. DJ didn't see any time. Well, Nash said a while ago. Nash said a while ago he doesn't want to play DJ in garbage time because it's disrespectful yeah. after like his entire career, which it's honestly, I admire, I, I respect that out of Nash, but... I, I kind of want DJ's legs to be fresh. I feel like it just for the team's sake. Like if like someone gets hurt or like you need, need DJ in a situation, like we're gonna bring him in, in a conference finals game and like he hasn't played in like a month. Like yeah. you know what I'm saying? I kind of feel like or that like one like, minute of basketball yeah. is not gonna make or break him. No, well you could play the whole opinion. fourth or like for like ten minutes in the fourth. Maybe. Kinda I get. I get it. Plays, though. I'm not yeah. gonna. Yeah, I'm not gonna argue. Like, we'll bring DJ in for crunch time. It's crucial yeah, to this no, team. It doesn't matter <laughs> at all. But <laughs> yeah. What are your takeaways from game two? Uh, yeah. Um, personally, I thought it was amazing that um, like Joe Harris's first quarter, it really showed like how deadly he can be w- alongside the big three, um, like how just perfect of a fit he is. Uh, Anthony, you were just <laughs> blasting this man on the podcast not long ago. Bullying works, bro. Bullying works. <laughs> Bullying d- definitely does work. Um, <laughs> yeah. Joe Harris, like, Anthony was on here on the podcast a couple weeks ago just bashing him, saying he'll never show up in big time, or he ne- never shows up in big time games. 
not to say that he can't, but he definitely showed up in game two. I mean, obviously it's not it's not the finals, but like it's still an NBA start. playoff game. It, it's a good start. Um, and you, we like to see that out of him. Um, it's great to see that we don't have to rely on James Harden, Kevin Durant, and Kyrie Irving to drop 82 every night, even though they definitely can drop 82 every single night. <laughs> With ease. It's just With nice ease. to have options, you know, so we don't yeah. have to only rely on those three every single night. Um, that that was my main... T- and Blake Griffin with his... Those dunks just get will get our team fired up every single time. Oh my scared goodness. me when he was on the last one. He was like, this is his hand. So I was like, oh, come on. Oh, I, I thought he was going to be all right. But, man, I, I I don't know. I hate when everybody falls down. Like, all the falling down scares me. Then when yeah. Durant... Yeah, did like, you see his scrape? Durant fell down. Durant's scrape yeah, on his tore, shoulder? Yeah, he that tore was his whole shoulder open. Yeah. It scared me, though, when they came back from the break... They were, like, zooming in on the injury again. I was like, oh, no, did he go to the locker room during the commercial break? Like, fuck, mm-hmm. like, I'm like yeah. uh, is this going to happen now? Once yeah. I saw was that, I was like, okay, that looks gross. And I've been there with, like, those burns, <laughs> they hurt. But I'd much rather have that than, like, a hamstring. What do you guys, uh, yeah. what do you think that Evan Fournier said to Kevin Durant when they got That's into that little, French. uh, you think he was saying some French? <laughs> he said oh, bitch. You think we should have, yeah, he definitely said bitch. Saw, at the very I end. Saw, I, I did see Bitch, and then I saw him say, shut the fuck up. That I saw. Yeah. I saw I saw both of them. But then, no, I don't know. And then, like, House of Highlights posted, like, the confrontation that Michael Rappaport commented, and he was like, oh, what do you think he said to him? <laughs> I was like, oh, um, my God. Cloud Chaser. Um, I don't know. Probably just said something, like, get the fuck out of here. Like, that's not a foul. He probably directly yeah. mad. You're into the vent. Going to cool in the city. Yeah. <laughs> if I was the I'd just be like scoreboard, bro, and I'm much better about that. Like, yeah. Not even that. Just you're Evan Fournier. Like, just yeah. said that you got traded for two second round picks to come here. Like, that's <laughs> not funny. <laughs> I also um, realized the other day, didn't that man Evan Fournier just the ass man bun like two years ago? Like, yeah. how did he bald so quick? And just cut I have no clue, honestly. That came out of nowhere. But anyway, I think I think my biggest takeaway from it, like you guys were saying, is probably the aggressiveness of Blake Griffin combined with how well Joe Harris shot the ball. It's just like seeing like Blake didn't put put up Blake put up one shot in game one, mm-hmm. and it was like I think he took like one layup at the rim and then like he did his usual like I'll oh, catch the ball in the corner, pump fake, wait till the defender's right in my face, and then and then try to shoot the three. But then, like, he was fouled. So, like, really, he tried to score twice. Mm-hmm. But then, like, but then he was aggressive in game two. And that, that just makes such a difference from him from him spacing-wise because they'll want to be sagging off from him at the, from deep. And yeah. if they sag off, everybody now knows that he can knock down a three. So it just opens up his game. It opens up the rest of the floor for everybody. And then Joe Harris having a game like that is huge because – it just takes so much pressure off. Yeah. It's just it's just very good for the betterment of the team. Just him being the contributor that he was, with Joe Harris being our leading scorer in a playoff game when we had our big three. Hundred percent. Are you guys at all concerned with um, Landry Shamit's play so far in the playoffs? He hasn't 
really been hitting like any of his shots, just from what I've been seeing. I mean, I, I'm one, not, right? I don't have the box score in front of me, but I think I think from so what like I've seen, game game two, he started off kind of hot. I think he started two for two, but then okay. like. I think since our lead was so big, he was getting very lackadaisical with his shot selection. But like, I think like by, like he, I think he he was in for like the first stretch. He went like two for two. He had like five points. And I also then, like, thought it was kind of weird in game two how, um, like I thought Joe Harris deserved a lot more minutes in that game. I yeah, don't know if it's just me. Sure. They kept taking him out, and like it was just like I really like he would go and hit three threes or some shit like that, and then they would take him out for like seven minutes and then insert him back in yeah. with like four minutes left to go in the half it's like yeah yo yeah <laughs> what's going on here i mean no yeah and that's and that's what i think the same thing happened with landry it's just like at that point the lead is so big and like by this by the time he checked out and then checked back in for his second like rotation stint like we're already up by like 25 so it's just like i don't i just don't i'm not too worried about it because like he did start off that game hot, and then, like, at that point, they were just playing to drain the clock, really. Yeah. I think Shamit's most important part on the offense is literally just to be a guy out there that can spread the court. So, yeah, you want him to hit those shots, but I don't think his offense is, like, make or break for this team. I think just his this presence out there alone like forces the defense to spread out a little bit more. So when Joe's not in, yeah, he's sure. going to be that guy. And, like, to be honest, let's say, like, Shamit has, like, a terrible first round and second round he follows it up, too. Like, I know on defense, you probably lose a little bit, like, making this change. But, like, if you really want to, like, get another shooter out there, like, that might be hot, you can always, like, try to interchange him and Tyler Johnson and see, like, if you just want a three-point threat. Like, yeah, you lose a little bit on the defense, but mm-hmm. if it, you just want for pure shooting, like, it's not, like, like that much of, like, a drop-off in three-point shooting. It's not the same thing. Yeah. So I think that, like, when it comes down to it, you just ride with the hot hands. And, like, Shamit's playing 14, 15 minutes a game anyway, and I think... Those minutes he's out there, it's just about keeping the defense honest, and like he gives more passing lanes. You can't really double when you have him in the corner, no matter how hot or cold he is, because you know he could always drill one. Yeah, Reggie Bullock just hit a super clutch three for the Knicks. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so with that in mind, do you guys want to talk about the future of the series? We'll do our series first, and then we'll like the other ones. So, do you see this series go? It, pretty much the question is: Is this going to be a sweep, or are the Celtics going to get uh, like a? Like a, like a handicap game. Like, they get a, like a, a sympathy game. I'm looking for my broom, but I can't find it. But uh, we got to <laughs> get, get the sweep. No no gentleman sweep here. I think it's just nets and four. I think Kyrie's going to be turned up in team TD Garden. Um, just shut those Celtics fans up. Because you know they're going to be saying tons of shit <laughs> at yeah. Kyrie the entire... Especially since we were yelling Kyrie... I, I don't know why we were doing that. What do you guys think about? Did you hear that when we were yelling Kyrie better at Kemba when yeah, we shouldn't free throws? Last year, there was a lot of Celtics fans chirping about Kemba yeah. was a better replacement. I just don't like stooping Kyrie down to that. I don't like stooping down to that personally, but um, that's that I might mean, just be yeah, me. I don't either, but it's whatever. Honestly, at this point, like yeah. it's all said and done. That we think we know who the better player is. Yeah, I get why Celtics fans are mad. Like they have every right to be mad. Like absolutely, the, the way Kyrie went about it wasn't best. Like it's kind of like our situation. Like. When, I mean, it's not exactly the same, but it's kind of like the same way that D. Will went, like, when he left us. I mean, he, like, rubbed us wrong on his way out. I mean, there's no reason, like, if you're a Nets fan, obviously. Do you guys like D. Will? Either of you like D. Will? Anthony? Joe? You like D. Will? No, D. Will? Not D. Will? D. Will? No. D. Will. No, big difference, big difference. 
I love D'Lo. Like, oh, no, 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 no. Like, wait, what did D'Lo do? No, no, yeah, no, no, no. I was we, like, what? I, we love I was D'Lo. Like, I thought the D'Lo drama was before he got to us. No, 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 no. We love D'Lo. Oh my gosh, we love D'Lo. That's well, for another time. But Derek's situation is weird. Like, I just felt like his knees gave out on him, and he just kind of like gave up himself. Like, he didn't try to like change his game, and athleticism get gave out, and it was just like that era was supposed to be built around Darren Williams, and we failed out on getting Carmelo. And I felt like it ended up just being Joe Johnson's era, and then like it, like for the betterment of the team, it should have been Darren Williams. Like Joe yeah. Johnson was great, don't get me wrong, but if the team wanted to get to where they had to go. It was bo- it needs to be both of them. Like mm-hmm. we had that trademark Brooklyn's backcourt. <laughs> like come on, <laughs> like we have so much money for him. It just it was just so odd. I've never seen a star like fall off that crazy, especially in NBA because that happens in other sports like baseball or football. It was so quick. It was baseball, football, quick. like guys randomly are just trash, and it's like yeah, that happens. In basketball, yeah. though, it's like a progression or it's like a catastrophic injury. Yeah. Like, D-Well was just, like, so random. And I was like, what the hell happened? Of course it happened to it, us. You it, know what I'm saying? It literally just felt like he woke up one morning and forgot how to play that. But you see, like, this conversation yeah. that we're having right now, like, we like, we just don't really – we don't vibe with D-Well anymore. Um, that's that's just the Celtics version of D-Well is Kyrie Irving. So I don't yeah. fault them at all for it. I mean, they have their Probably own different. reasons for not liking him. It's it's different, but I mean, the only thing that rubbed the players. wrong way is that where he said like um like he did that thing at the garden TD Garden when he was like yeah I'm resigning like I want to be here the rest of my career <laughs> yeah. like, I feel like he just don't say anything like if like he obviously like didn't choose to get there whether the Celtics were on his list or not he didn't sign there in free agency it was a trade and if I remember correctly I'm pretty sure it was in like August like when he got traded from the Cavs and it was kind of like last second because like free agency kind of settled the draft was over and it was kind of like. I went out of here and like they had to like find somewhere where a team could actually absorb him. So the Celtics were the only yeah. realistic option. So I felt like it was never like a match made in heaven, even though it kind of seems like it because they have a lot of young guys under like cheap contracts. And, like, oh, let's mm-hmm. add this top three point guard who just won a finals and like had a game seven winner. And like it's a match made in heaven. There's no way we don't get, at least get to the finals yeah. and with all these draft picks. And I felt like it was just never like, and even Hayward, though it was, they just brought in Hayward and all that. Yeah. yeah, it was the the whole Hayward thing, and then like and like Tatum and Brown were good. Don't get me wrong, but it's like they they were too young for that moment. Like Kyrie was like a step ahead of like where they needed to be in order for them to get to the finals at that point. Yeah, yeah, I get it. It makes sense. But you guys think sweep too? Like I, I'm thinking sweep. Yeah. I don't think we give them a game. Yeah. No. After after game two, seeing how much better we look, I can't see them taking a game. Now. No, Tatum's got a. Tatum's got to drop fifty for them to beat us, honestly. And from what I've seen this series so far, I don't see him dropping like anywhere near fifty. But the first half he didn't look the same. But my question is, so I know in the past they've done this. I just want to see what you guys think would happen. So let's say like we obviously want the Bucks Heat series to go as long as possible because we get the winner of that series. And the Bucks have first game was kind of shaky, and the second game was like a blowout. Yep. Hypothetically, let's say we both sweep and like the rest of the series and the first round are going on like across the NBA. I think our second round would start if we both sweep, right? Like as soon as both teams are done with their series, or would they wait for everyone to finish? I don't think we wait for everyone to finish. I think like it might they might give us like two days. Maybe. I think they barely but, start it before. Like Yeah, it would be like a day before like all the game seven. Like I'm pretty I sure remember, they wait a couple seven, days. Game ones would happen the same day. I'm pretty sure they wait a couple days, and then, like, if there's, like, a Game 7 for whatever series out there, like, let's say, like, Phoenix and the Lakers go 7, like, just random series, um, 
I think we might have like our game one like the day before their game seven is. Yeah. If you get what I'm saying. Jeez. Milwaukee's game four Saturday, so it could be like next Tuesday hypothetically or Wednesday that we'd start yeah. round two. Yeah, but I wouldn't even be worrying about that yet. <laughs> Personally, oh, no, I agree. I, I want the Heat to steal a game or two. That'd be nice. The perfect world: the Heat steal a game or two, defend home court. I don't think Heat are gonna get swept, honestly. Like they looked awful game two, but I can't see them losing both in Miami. No. Even if it goes five, like at least like we get a few days, like because that would, I think it would stretch out to like Tuesday, then go to like Thursday after, so they give us like four or five days. Like we don't we're not desperate for rest because like the series been very like spread out so far. Like you can take it where you can get it, you know what I mean. It also gives more time for not gonna say the name, but gives him more time. Just gonna say. <laughs> yeah, I think you guys know what I'm hinting at. We're not gonna say it. We promise not to mention it anymore. But I'm just hinting at it. So, oh, man. So, who do you guys think would give Philly a tougher time? Second round, Hawks or Knicks? Hawks or Knicks? Mm-hmm. I think the Hawks definitely mm-hmm. would. Personally, I, I think so. Also, just I like I like. Possible matchup of uh, of Capella and uh, Embiid down low, and then guys like Gallo and uh, and uh, Hunter trying to go at Tobias and Simmons. Yeah, I think I think that's cool. I think that's a cool matchup. And then I would, if I'm Philly, I'm not I'm not trusting like I'm not I'm not too confident in Danny Green being able to guard Bob. <laughs> like I think yeah. I think that's a fun series. But granted, the Knicks the Knicks. Yeah, I think the Knicks, the Knicks uh, just came back. Yeah, they uh, did. They just right now. Like they basically to just took the game away. Like they're up nine yeah, with like a minute left. So. Yeah. But um, and then so. Speaking of Philly, I think we we should talk about what happened earlier tonight. About uh, uh, Westbrook. Yeah, Russell Westbrook. Oof. Yeah. That, so. That pissed her, me off seeing um, it. Honestly, yeah. So for anyone, for anyone who probably you guys, by the time you guys hear this, you'll probably would have seen it already. Russell Westbrook rolled his ankle in a blowout game, so he's being helped back to the locker room. And uh, a Philly fan decides to pour a bucket of popcorn on Russell Westbrook's head when he's going through the tunnel. Russell Westbrook almost caused malice in the palace part two. Yeah, and like if he didn't get held the, back, that could have gone. There was so like bad. five. There was like five security guards. Oh my goodness! Him. Like that would have been bad. But that there's just no place for that in in basketball. Like you, all these fans have been waiting for so long to go back to the games, and then yeah. you go and you do something stupid like that. And it's not even that they were like pouring popcorn on just like one of the Wizards players, which would is just incredibly disrespectful in itself but they are doing it on a player that just rolled his ankle and came out of the game with yes. an injury yes. like i can't even begin to imagine like what was going through that fan's head that was like you know what let me just pour, pour my popcorn on him like that's it's not degrading at all yeah i know yeah no and then and then if you watch the video when they zoom back out there's fans in the row that was directly above, like, the tunnel where the popcorn came from. Yeah. They were pointing, like, four rows back. So this fan leaned, like, four rows forward and dumped his popcorn through, like, that hole where there's, like, they have, like, that tarp over the tunnel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, like, he poured it, like, through that gap as Russ was going through it. And, like, there's there's just no place for that. It's disgusting. Whoever, it's, like, that should never happen. Philly 
I'm sure that they're like they're like security staff has cameras and stuff that they're going to be able to figure out who did that. Um, if they right. don't come out and say that they banned the fan from the stadium tomorrow morning, there's there's going to be issues. Yeah, um, there there is a big issue with that if that it does not happen. The garden's rocking right now. Yeah, the garden's going crazy. I'm just I just keep looking up at that. I see Spike Lee doing his little walk and all kinds <laughs> of stuff. Um, they were not big in this game. Props to them for coming back. Honestly, I thought they were dead yeah. in the water. Me too. I thought I thought they were done. That because just Julius was putting up another stinker for a while. Yeah. Do what do you guys see the East series going? Do you have the favorites still? Do you have I guess we all have the favorites for the top three. Do you guys have the Knicks or Hawks? I have the Hawks. I think. Yeah, I think I originally said the Knicks, uh, but I just see how much more talent now the the Hawks have than the Knicks. And I just got to go with the Hawks. Yeah, I, I think mean, it's with Atlanta in seven. I think like that's my that was my initial guess. I think it's gonna be a good series. I think they split in Atlanta, and then it goes back and forth five and six. And then it's like that game seven. Yeah, that's the thing that people got. That's the thing that people got to think about. Like even though it's one one here, like Atlanta took game one, they took home court already, so like they're not worried yeah. about going back to the Garden. So that's the same situation with the Blazers. Like, as long as they take care of business at home, they're straight. Yeah. But, what do you all think about the Clippers? A lot of us had the Clippers in the finals, and now they're dude, down 2 nothing. Oh, my God. I'm, not, I'm still not too worried about the Clippers, honestly. So, even though they're down 2-1 and they're going to Dallas, I mean 2-0, and they're going to Dallas right now, it's like I really I don't expect Tim Hardaway Jr. to be shooting the lights out every single night. I know he's a great shooter, yeah, but he's also a very streaky player. He has a history of being a streaky player. It's just – I don't know. I think the Clippers are built very, very well. And I think part of the issue in game two was like Serge Ibaka and Rajon Rondo got in like a screaming match and then Serge Ibaka didn't play the rest of the game. It's just like little things like that. And it's like they keep they keep coming back in these games and then they end up blowing it. But I, I think there's still a world where, where the Clippers take out – they really need to take both. They can't go down three. They can't they because they just lost they have to two take home both games. At there's there's no way. Um, yeah, that's just that's, that's, me. How stagnant their offense can be at times. It's just like what we thought this defense was is so thin now because outside of Kawhi and PG, there's just like they signed Luke Kennard's massive contract and that three way deal we got Shaman for like an extension, like sign and trade. Mm-hmm. He hasn't played a DNP. single minute in the first two games. DNP, yeah. yeah. And, like, and it's weird, though, because he's – it's also the guys like Terrence Mann who were huge for them in, like, in like the last few months of the season, and he barely played. I mean, he's more of like a – It's like – I don't know. Like, I'd expect Rondo to be getting more run personally. And Rondo yeah. only played, like, 18 minutes last game. And he was like – I know Max Kellerman was going off about it on first take today. Um, he was talking about how Rondo was a plus 13 and only ended up playing, like, 18 minutes yesterday yeah and reggie jackson was out there playing like 30 33 minutes or something like just i don't, I don't like reggie like, jackson bro he I don't, I don't know. it's like i think he's solid i think he's solid reggie's had, reggie's had his but, moments this year reggie's had some big time moments he does don't get me wrong he always does but like i've ever heard steven adams's book um he like referenced like there was like a play like the playoffs the thunder like during like their run with like obviously Durant and what uh, Russ, it was like a three on one fast break and like he all he did was pass until wide open Durant or Westbrook and took like a really contested shot and like since then like they just knew like 
he was like a selfish player. And like in the locker room and shit, he would say like he's like better than Russ and Katie, and like he's just as much as his team and shit. So that's why they got rid of him. But I don't know. Sometimes he just plays this hero ball, and he's like, "You gotta know your role, bro. You have Kawhi Leonard and Paul George. Like yeah. taking yeah. a long contested two when you're down that much is just not it. Like especially in the playoffs, it's just what are you doing?" But at the same time, his confidence is just like at an all time high right now. Like he put those goggles on and like just started going nuts. No, because the thing with Reggie Jackson is there was all these games that Kawhi and Paul George are load managing. He's like been their number one guy a year. It's like, and he, he just, time, yeah. he knows, he knows that he can produce. It's just like when Kawhi and PJ are there, he has to take a backseat. Yeah, it just their offense is clunky. Like they would get too reliant on like jump shots in the crunch time, and you just it's hard to come back like that when you're not getting to the rim at a consistent basis. Yeah, and like yeah, Kawhi had his this game, and like he had to be aggressive like that. But there's just too many times where like they both feel invisible out there, and yeah. it's like mm-hmm. it's not that same feeling with our big three. I feel like they always can like they have, they're like, all three dimensional, where they they can beat you mid range threes and, and down low. And, like they should be too, but just like they don't. I don't know what it is. They lose like game over. That's how they lose their games. It's like they settle for these jump shots where they have clear lanes to get at least a mid range for an easy floater, like stuff like that. And they're forcing up these jump shots, and it's it's not working out well for them. And it's like well, the other, yeah. Yeah. yeah, it's yeah. scary. But I think oh, I think they were saying the only way that he could really leave is to go trades. Well, the Knicks. I mean, he can leave. leave. He can. No, leave. he can. He can. But I'm saying like. The most logical choice for him is like, like a money trade. If he really, if he, if he really wants to get to, if he really wants to get his money and then like and then play somewhere else, I guess trade is the best option for him. It'd be um, so disgusting think, for the Clippers. I feel so bad. I don't. I think, do feel so. Bad. I don't think he'll leave. Um, I don't I, think he's leaving. Either. I have a weird, like, there's no logic or reason to this whatsoever, but Kawhi just kind of feels like to me like he's not. 100% motivated to go in and get a championship, if you get what I'm saying. Like, I feel that. I get that vibe. You get what I'm saying? Honestly, like, I I'm think different people have different that. priorities, if you get what I'm saying. Like, um, I know Russell Westbrook, like Russell Westbrook and Stephen A. got into it earlier this year, where um, Stephen A. Smith was saying Russell Westbrook has never accomplished like what he needs to in the league because he never won a championship. And Russell Westbrook fired back at Stephen A. and was like, look, I've been in the league for X amount of years. I've made X amount of money. I've got a beautiful wife, beautiful kids. Um, I've been, I've was, lived a great life in Oklahoma City. I've had a great career in the NBA. I wouldn't, like, change anything about it. And, like, there's just different players who have different priorities. Like, look at Bradley Beal also in Washington. Like, he might just love wa- Washington. Everybody always thought that he should request a he trade from there. But like he could have left like twice. There's been so many opportunities for Beal to leave, and he so many he just sticks around. Like different people have different priorities in the league. Um, I'm personally am glad that like I think Kevin Durant, James Harden, and Kyrie Irving. Kyrie Irving is kind of (laughs) iffy about (laughs) whether he wants to win or not. I think you'd have to catch him on the right day. But I think when our team is, like, in finals contention, there's nothing stopping Kyrie from trying to go and get a ring. Um, James Harden is 100% dedicated. We've seen he passed up $50 million a year from Houston to come here. 
that alone is just incredible. Yeah. <laughs> um, That's why I always felt like the wants. takes that we were like the Clippers of the East were just so stupid. It's just like, yeah, we both had like these incredible turnarounds in like 2018-19 where like then we got stars in that free agency. But I just felt like it was always like a different vibe for us. Like, yeah, we had like the year we had to wait because of Durant's injury. But I always felt like it was just a stupid, like, lazy take. Like, oh, the Clippers blew through on the lead last year, and they had a lot of guys miss games through the regular season, so the Nets are going to do the same thing. Like, I don't – it's like you're comparing apples to orange. It's a completely different scenario. So that's why I'm not yeah. worried about it. I do Another feel like – I do feel like if we were – if we never made the Harden trade, we might have ended up being, like, the Clippers of the East. I think bringing in James Harden has definitely changed the mindset of everything. I mean, just look at our record from – before the Harden trade and after the Harden trade, it's a ridiculous turnaround. Um, I, I know agree. we've won eighty-one percent of our games that James Harden has played in, and the Jazz, who have the best record in the NBA, only won seventy-two percent of their games. So I mean, like that's just incredible alone, right there. Um, I don't know. But then you also you also just got to think. The other thing about Kawhi is like, what like what you were saying with like his priorities and everything. That man is just so backwards. Like he, like yeah. he had a championship team, and he could have got a super max to stay mm-hmm. where he was, and he just decided to leave and team up with Paul George. Well, that's what I'm and saying. I'm not faulting him. I for think that decision he because I Paul pers- George is an excellent player. I personally like, feel like he just wants to live in L.A. Like he just wants to live yeah. in L.A. Paul George is his buddy. He wants to win some games, like be, be a competitive team in the West, and call it a day. Live in L.A. with Paul George and. Just chill. I mean, he's working on he's working on his, his album, team. like his, yeah, with his. With I his mean, we're, fellow rap we're never gonna hear from Kawhi again after he retires. Oh no. yeah, absolutely. And no, and also, I want to go back a little bit to what you were saying about like how Kyrie is like with like, with like you have to catch him on a good day. Yeah. So, like, did you ever listen to his when he went on Kevin Durant's podcast? Yeah, I did. Yeah. Do you remember when he was talking about like he was saying like once the playoffs hit. He just gets so locked yeah, in, and then like absolutely. out of nowhere, he's like he was in the finals. Yeah, and then I'm, they that was when they came back from the three one, and all of a sudden, like all of a sudden, the world just hit him like out of nowhere, and he was like, "Wait, there's no more games." Yeah, like, I remember. He that. just it's like he just gets locked in. Like it's just the way like, that he was I, talking I, about like that finals trip, where you're just like, "Okay, this dude is this dude loves basketball like to death." Yeah, but like yeah. the regular season doesn't mean that much to him. He doesn't. I mean, yeah. and it really shouldn't. With the way the NBA is structured, there's no reason for him to go out there every single night. Yeah. And when he can go and raise awareness for other things, I mean, it's honestly way Absolutely. more important than our regular season game against the freaking Detroit Pistons in the middle of March. Like, it, that doesn't mean anything yeah. at the end of the day. Means what means something is when Kyrie Irving goes out and raises awareness for all these different things that he's been doing. But... Yeah. And you don't Still really, back. you don't see it until we get to like this point in the year, and you're like, you look back on it, and you're like, damn, like, what he did actually like, means so much more now than it, what he, what we wanted him to do, if you get what I'm saying. Yeah, I agree. Oh yeah, do you guys have anything else to touch on for? What other series? What other series did we not touch on? Okay, so we West we one. did. Clipper we did. Talk about Suns Lakers. It's uh, my favorite one. Suns. <laughs> yeah. So so Lakers obviously bounced back. Anthony Davis had a had a big game. He what did he, what was the number where he got to so like twenty one times? It was nuts. What'd you say? 
how many free throws did he get? Yeah, like he got like twenty. Yeah, he had like twenty one free throws, free throws right? like or it was something nuts. like that. Yeah, it, it was crazy. Um and then LeBron James hits another dagger. He had an amazing shot. It was like Dude, he's been doing it, it all year. Yeah, he's been doing it all year. Ever hurt. since Kyrie said that thing about um I, I look over mm-hmm. and I'm like that you can hit that shot. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. Uh, so so uh let's talk about Chris Paul's impact a little bit. Like you saw like the beginning of game one where the Lakers where the Suns had that like they did have a sizable lead before Chris Paul got hurt. Mm-hmm. And then just like I feel like once like he went downhill, you saw like once he got hurt, he left for a little bit, he came back and you saw just like not Chris Paul type things. Like he's dribbling the ball up the court and all of a sudden he bounces it no. off his knee and it so yeah, sad. starts rolling up court. He loses it. I know, it's very it's very unfortunate. It's and like his impact is so huge, you can just see it with the offensive flow. Um also wanna give a big shout out to Cameron Payne for the performance. Dude, campaign went crazy. After, oh after being ejected in after being ejected in game one on something, I don't really even think he should have been ejected for it. It's, yeah, it's whatever. He made a play on the ball after, like right as the whistle was blown, that Montrez charged at him, legit tackled him, and then he was the one that got ejected. But he had he I think his playoff for high was five. And then last night he drops he drops fifteen I think it was nineteen points. He had eighteen points yeah, last night and yeah, he was just hitting big shot yeah. after big shot, especially like in the yeah. second half. Um, like I think he started off the game actually like one for five or one for six. Yeah, from the field he started off bad, but like he and was still he was, making an impact like as far as like his playmaking was going. Um, and he dude, just stuck he with an it. On, and he was an on ball steal machine. You yeah, saw how much he was, he was poking crazy. the ball out. My God, he was out of the league for a few years. It's good for him to get a, a role on a contending team. It's awesome. And like make the most of it. He was a meme oh, yeah. for so many years. Every, still, everybody still just knew him is. as the guy that would dance with Russ. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but like now he's like making big time shots. It's awesome. For Honestly, I don't see the Suns winning the series if Chris Paul's not healthy. They need. They can win it with him healthy. No, they, they can. They said he's probable for Game Three. I mean, yeah, he'll play. He does. He'll definitely play, football. but. I don't know if he'll be Chris Paul. That's the yeah. real question. We it's need really him to be a hundred percent at least by Game Four. <laughs> like, I, I, oh, man, that, that's because I feel like they have to. I event. feel like they have to take one, and they do have to take one in LA in order for them to win the series. And if they take one in LA, all they have to do is protect home court for the rest of the series. And then, yeah, yeah, and mm-hmm. as long as they win one of these next two that are in LA. Um, mm-hmm. Then they don't go down three one because if they go down three one, it's they're not coming back. It's probably right. But what do you guys think about this Memphis Utah series? Uh, I got I that game on right I now. But. I think it's our. It's, I think it's already wrapped. I think with with Donovan Mitchell back, it's here he has five points. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, with Donovan Mitchell back, I can't see much happening like a team game. Dylan Brooks and Jar are awesome though. They literally like became like the old great and growing grizz, just new characters. Like Valentine, yeah, yeah. Morant, <laughs> yeah. on the sort of Dylan Brooks is like their Tony Allen but with a better shot. Like yeah. it's so weird how it, like shit like that happens. But like they, 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 they just transferred over. Could you imagine that grit and grind Grizzlies team with like Dev, with like Dylan Brooks over over uh, Tony yeah. Allen? Or you yeah. just give Tony Allen Dylan Brooks shooting ability? Like that would have been Dude. so lethal. <laughs> 
Yeah, it's it's crazy the Grizzlies re, uh, rebuilt so fast after having the second overall pick a couple of years ago. Like, but last year they lost in the play-in. They would have made it under a regular format, mm-hmm. and then this year getting in with the play-in, but they would have got in regardless. But pretty dope. Like they, uh, they wouldn't have gone in. Yeah, they wouldn't have gotten in. This year. Oh, you're right. They were the ninth seed. They yeah, they, they were the nine this year. Well, I guess it worked out for them. They one year they got fucked <laughs> over. They got in because of it. But yeah. yeah. I think it's dope that the Grizzlies stole game one. I think Mitchell being out. I think that the Jazz thought they were going to steal a game with him not playing, and they were trying to squeeze the game out of him. Yeah. And it kind of bit them in the ass, and they got to play an extra one. Yeah. But I don't think Utah loses a series. I don't know. I think, I think home, though. Jazz probably no, I, goes, I think that probably goes to six, but I think the Jazz, the Jazz take it. I agree. Yeah. Uh, what's the last one? Um, um, we did that one. We did that. Denver, Denver, Portland. That's a tight that game, bro. I can't even get a read in that series. Fun. That's gonna be. I can't predict anything with that. It's just like depends on how big a night Dame's gonna have and how big a night Jokic is gonna have. Yeah, you just don't know going into it. Back from Boozy got. I originally yeah. thought that uh, Portland was gonna win, but man, I just watched one game of fucking Terry Stotts coaching in the playoffs, and I was like, man. He's gonna get booted this year. He's been there for like nine years. I think it's an. <laughs> He's gotta be booted. I mean, gotta be. That's what's kind of scary for Portland is like if they win this series, is it like are they gonna keep him? <laughs> if they lost round before, I think if unless they get to like the conference finals again, like I don't think he stays. Yeah, I, they definitely have to get rid of him. What he did with Nurkic in that game game one that they played was atrocious. Where he just yeah, yeah that that was yeah him fouling out. Yeah. You put him in at the beginning of the fourth quarter with four fouls. With four fouls. Right? And Jokic isn't mm-hmm. in. So it's like, why is Nurkic even in the... I mean, obviously you want Nurkic on the floor just because he's your best center. But when you're facing Nikola Jokic, you need to save him and those two fouls yeah. that he has left to guard Nikola Jokic. And so you just saying, why couldn't, put why him out there cancer be and he fouls out like within a minute or two. <laughs> and... It was it was literally two minutes. Yeah, they just yeah. started attacking him. They started attacking Nurkic, just trying to get him to foul out, and it worked. Yeah, I feel that. Well, what's it called? Do you guys want to? I guess with this in mind, do you guys want to? Well, guess we'll record again after Game Four. Uh, when is Game Four? What's the day for that? Sunday. 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 Yeah. Like, like not exactly, but like I'm saying, like between the Game Four, game, if there's a Game Five, or in between the series and stuff. Oh, so and do another one after Game Four and before the next series is what you're saying. <laughs> well, like if there was a Game Five in between Game yeah, Four, yeah, I know five, what you're saying. Five, um, that's a Buck series. Yeah, um, or that's aiming. It's probably what we'll be aiming for. Is like probably yeah. just after Game right, Four. Either right, either right after Game Four, or the day after Game. Four. Yeah, because we could always have a situation like we did last night. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> people can't out on. Yeah, All right. Well, I think we're good. Um, yeah, we touched on everything. Yeah, we touched on yeah. everything. Um, that was a nice dribble by John Morant. Um, <laughs> uh, let's steal game. Let's win games three and four and put a wrap to the series. Um, we can use the rest. I think we're gonna have a, a lot. The next three series, we get Bucks, Sixers, and whoever wins the West, it's not gonna be anything lo- less than six. So let's take four. The yeah. four here, we can get it. Yeah. I'm For just sure. saying, if we have to come on here. The next time, and we're talking about having to play a game five, I will be very upset. Yeah, yes, no right. doubt about that. I'll be very upset. <laughs> I will be so <laughs> upset. But 
Especially well, if Kyrie doesn't uh, look good in Boston. But yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, uh, let's go Nets. Catch you guys next week. Thanks for listening to Brooklyn Breakdown. Anthony, Love, and uh, Joe checking out.